Hello, this is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? We have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Just like that, we're in the second hour. Welcome aboard. This is the Barbecue Central Show. You are getting this, however you're getting it, either live or in podcast form after the fact. Remember, the show is live Tuesdays, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Happening live, not something that was recorded that I am now deciding to play at said time. Happening live. Who knows what could happen? I don't know. We're going to see. For instance, Saffron Hodgson will be in in about 13 minutes from now. The executive director of the National Barbecue and Grilling Association, also the creator of Bush Cooking. I think that's where she made her mark, Bush Cooking. Also closing out the show, Carl McBee. First timer to the show, so stay tuned for that. Actually, Saffron and Carl, both first timers to the show. If you missed the first hour, no problem. Make sure you subscribe to the show on podcast. Please do me a favor, especially if you're using iTunes or whatever they call it now, Apple Podcasts. By the way, if you are a podcaster, and I've been receiving this message a lot here over the last uh, 72 hours or so from other people who have podcasts saying, I I went through the same thing you did. iTunes ripped my show off the listing. They delisted me. Yeah. In the author field, make a note, in the author field, you have to have your name and just your name. You can't have, for instance, I'll use me as an example, Greg Rempe, master barbecue talk show host talker guy. Hashtag summer of brisket, hashtag horse me 2018, hashtag BBQ Central. You can't put all that in there. It's just your first name and your last name. Evidently, they've been doing a lot of warning that this was going to happen. I didn't get any warnings. I was just delisted unmercifully and unilaterally. But now I'm getting more and more emails going, Oh, the same thing happened to me. No. Yes. Go into whoever is doing your feed, and you should own your own feed, by the way. That's a different story for a different day. In the author field, make sure your name, you speak your name, make sure your name is in there, okay? John Dawson weighing in via email, fresh or frozen. Ramps, I've almost always been against frozen meat, but I've recently become a little more frozen flexible. My thinking is that freezing expands the water in the meat fibers and explodes some of the cells thereby potentially tenderizing the meat. I may be full of it, 
But that's my rationale. Well, I can guarantee John is full of it. Good information, that is. Uh, Look, I don't know if if fibers are exploding. Um, I don't know if any company that is freezing beef uh, would also then admit to the fact that as they're flash freezing the meat, and I think that's maybe also the key, like the flash freezing, not the long-term freezing. Like if you put raw meat from your refrigerator into your freezer, it's going to take a couple hours. You know, this is like, like Luke's, uh, oh man, come on nerds, help me out. Who's the guy that got frozen in the Star Wars? Uh, Han Solo. No, that's what they called me in high school, right? That's right. Panned solo. Yeah, the guy, he got frozen immediately. That's like flash freezing. So I don't think you're talking about, I don't, I mean, I don't think that meat fibers are exploding. I don't know. So again, Saffron Hodgson coming up and Carl McBee. Steve D, does that give you another perspective? Again, John is not claiming to know that for a fact, nor can I vouch for that. As a matter of fact, I'm giving you potentially a different thought process on the hand solo. So this is typically where I'll give you some kind of a news piece or keep you in line with what's happening in the world of barbecue and grilling or a food safety item or something along those lines. But forget that. This segment, I am going to make you be the coolest parent ever. And for the folks getting this on audio podcast, I apologize up front, but you will have to refer if you're interested. Maybe you're not interested in what I'm about to say, so don't do what I'm about to tell you. But if you're interested, you'll have to refer to the video archive at some point so you can get the full view of what I'm about to tell you. Now, if you're an adult, if you're married or divorced or have a partner or whatever it is, and you have middle school age or high school age kids, maybe older. I mean, maybe a lot older because I think this was spawned off professional soccer players. And you know how I feel about soccer. There's been this thing going around where you put your hand over your eye in a certain way. I believe it's called the Ali Ali hand celebration. (laughs) The Ali hand celebration. If you haven't seen it yet, Be sure your kids have, and they are all trying their best to figure out how to do it. And while it looks simple, it's a little trickier than what you see here. I'm going to show you the video so you have full idea what I'm talking about here. This. Okay. No, no. no. He's not doing it. Okay. Hold on. I got to go back. So the thing used to be this, like the the P.I. Cavaliers used to do it all the time. They'd shoot a three-pointer, make it. Hit the P. Well, then it just turned into... Now, what these guys are trying to do is wrong. So, let me go back. So, this guy can't figure it out. (laughs) He can't do it. He's not doing it right. Go, go, go. Are your kids doing this? I'm going to pause here so you can see what it looks like. Right, Then I'm going to show you how to do it. Try. Okay, this guy. Let me see. Come on. See? Can't do it. Here's the guy that knows how to do it. Here it comes. Boom. Boom. That's the look that you are going for, believe it or not. This is really a thing. The alley hand celebration. Do you see what he just did there? 
Let me roll it back. Keep rolling. This guy does not. Here it is. Boom. Boom. Try it right now. Now you go. No. <laughs> See? <laughs> These guys can't do it. But I am here to help. Okay? It's very simple. I've broken it down. I am not putting up how-to videos on the Holly hand celebration. But if you have kids on Instagram, believe me, they are into this. This is how you do it. You don't do it like this. You don't do it like this. None of that's not the reverse sun goggles. Nothing like that. Very simple. I'm going to help you be the cool kid. I'm going to break it down so you can one-up your kids who probably haven't figured it out yet. Or you can celebrate in a brand new way at work when you close the big deal or make that great pitch to the client, whatever it is that you do for a living. Log your millionth safe mile driving a Peterbilt 379. 389. Long hood, 80-inch sleeper, double bump. Here you go. Right hand. I'm right-handed, so I'm going to show you how to do it on the right hand. Make the A-OK sign. Okay? Now, if you want, you go A-OK and then drop the I, or you know where you're going to put over the I, up to the top. Now you have your hands, your fingers feathered down here already. Easy to do. Okay? Then, boom. Right here. That's exactly what he did. Right there. Now you can also go like this. Okay, hold on. Now I'm getting myself confused. Yeah. There it is. Seems weird, but trust me, everybody is doing it right now. That's the look you're going for. Start down, the A-OK sign, lift it up, and then just invert your hand. Very simple. Okay? I don't know how else to tell you. I know what you're thinking. Seems crazy that kids are doing this. I totally agree. People are posting how-to videos on YouTube with the Alley Hand Celebration. A-L-L-I, hand celebration. Let me show you one more time. The A-OK. Drop the fingers down. The A-OK is now at the top. And then just invert this way. Right on the eye. There it is. I mean, that looks great. Tomorrow when I close my 15 truck deal that is pending, I'm going to be like, customer, signature, sign it. Boom. Ali hand celebration. How about that? Thank you for that 15 order truck deal. Let's go grab some pie. You can look at me like I'm completely ridiculous that I just spent time on trying to make you more hip. You will be thanking me later. I know it. I know it. A lot of you aren't going to be able to do what I just taught you. It's going to be tough. It's all right. I have patience. Shoot videos and send them to me so I can review your progress. I want to see those. I'll play them on the show. Kinger, I know you'll do it. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills before we get to Saffron Hodgson from NBBQA, Green Mountain Grills. Three different sizes to choose from. Totally portable, great capacity, wonderful portability, known as the Davy Crockett if you don't have access 
to a traditional power outlet. David Crockett will plug into the 12-volt adapter in your vehicle. Fits in the back of all of your trucks, vans, and SUVs, so it's totally portable and ready to go wherever you are. Then you have the medium-sized version, the Daniel Boone, very popular, both in the consumer market and on the competition trail. Now, the big daddy, Jim Bowie, I got both. Cooks a lot of ribs, a couple of full briskets, a bunch of different pork butts, depending if you're panning or not. That's the Jim Bowie. Now, the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone also can accommodate the pizza oven insert. I recommend it if you're going to get one or the other. Can't put the pizza oven insert in the Davy Crockett. Sorry about that. But with the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone, pizza oven insert works. It's like 130 bucks. Typically include shipping if you're buying on Amazon.com. Rip the guts out of those cookers. Slam the pizza oven insert down. Set your pit temperature around 350 degrees or so. Make adjustments however you want if you want to cook hotter. Factor this. Roughly double at the pizza stone where your cooker is set at. So I like to run at about 325, 350. It gets me to 650, 700 degrees. If you want to go to 1,000 degrees, ramp it up to 500 degrees on the cooker. It'd be 1,000 degrees in the pizza oven insert. Things can get dicey very quickly in that regard. Take it from me who's tried it. Once it goes sideways, you can't get it back straight. Very difficult. So I will like 325, 350. You do what you like. But if you're going to get the Jim Bowie or the Danny Bowie, get the pizza oven insert. They also have pellets and sauces and rubs and all that stuff. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Saffron Hodgson, when we come back, stick around. We'll be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, Smoking with Smithfield Committed Cooks. Remember to head to smokingwithsmithfield.com to report your first place wins to claim prizes. Have you registered to compete in the American Royal Pork Loin Ancillary Contest? Smithfield increased the prize purse to six grand. Make sure you sign up at the American Royal website today. Don't forget to sign up for the Smithfield Classic. That returns in about a month's time to Richmond, Virginia on September 29th. To sign up, reach out to Jesse at Big Papa Smokers. That's Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, at BigPapaSmokers.com. Probably only a few spots left if there are any, by the way. So hit her up if you're interested, and she will get you signed up. That's Jesse at BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, this past March, I went to Fort Worth, Texas, did three live shows, three hours a day, for the annual IMBBQ 2018 event put on by the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. We had some conversations about where the organization is currently, what it has been viewed at in the past, and where it would like to go in the future. And since that event, there have been some changes at the very top of the organization, most notably the departure of Stuart Meyer as the executive director this past week. There was a big push at the Ace Hardware event in Chicago for MBBQA memberships to increase, putting their mid-level memberships on sale for 100 bucks, down from 175 So what's it all about, and should you consider getting some kind of membership in the MBBQA? Well, why not take the time to ask the new executive director of and creator of Bush Cooking's website, first timer to the show, 
We welcome Saffron Hodgson to the show. Saffron, how are you? Hi, how are you today? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Saffron. Thank you for making time to the show. Uh, always a like a busy going around different places. So where are we finding you this evening? Uh, today, I believe I'm in Mississippi. It's been but, a long day. But who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, on the road, I'm heading through to Louisiana, and uh, this is just where I ended up tonight. Okay, so uh, just to pass through, um, we're talking with Saffron Hotchin. Um, I, we'll talk about the MBBQA here in just a minute, but first I wanted to spend a couple minutes getting a little background about you. So, uh, I mean, obviously for anybody that has an attuned ear, maybe not a, a domestic citizen of these United States, but uh, where'd you grow up and uh, what's your background like in live fire cooking in general? Uh, yeah, so uh, accents are from Australia. I started cooking really young uh, in the Girl Scouts and I sort of kept at it my whole life, a lot of camping, that type of thing. I've moved around a lot, fairly nomadic. Uh, and when I got to America uh, was when I first came across competitive cooking and I started originally in competitive Dutch oven and then, as per most people, <laughs> doing the competition cooking, moved over to barbecue um, and subsequently s- steak and chili and pretty much anything outdoors. What brought you over from Australia? Was it business or you just wanted to get over here for something that was pulling you over here? Like I, I'm always fascinated with why people leave their country for another. Yeah, uh, so I, I was career chasing for a long time. I lived in Singapore for a year before I moved to America. And uh, my husband at the time, it was his turn to pick. And he moved to Microsoft in Seattle. And that's where I've, I've lived ever since. You ever eaten a balut egg? <laughs> I have politely declined and, and uh, not gone down that path. I heard it tastes like chicken. Any, you know anybody that's tasted it that would confirm or deny that? Uh, I've had lots of describing words, but that wasn't one no? of them. I mean, living in Asia, I was getting all sorts of uh, weird food all the time. You know, some days you feel like trying something new, and other days you just try and stick with the normal. Uh, Saffron, talk to me a little bit about bush cooking and where that came up. I mean, was that derived from that original passion of the Dutch oven? Uh, yeah, I, I worked for all recipes as well. For those who don't know, I looked after the Australian site. So I was working with recipes all the time. And, and generally speaking, with my passion being in outdoor cooking, I didn't think there was a, a very good site that, that covered the recipes that, that we do with the amount of detail that we need. I mean, if you try and fit an outdoor recipe into a normal uh, recipe sort of template, it doesn't fit. So on my side, I, I let it uh, be a little bit of a larger format so we can start putting in wood types. We can talk a little bit more about the the temperatures that are needed and how to control the fire rather than just like that short slot to fit in a, a temperature. And um, it, it's been doing really quite well uh, from all diversity uh, across outdoor cooking with the Dutch oven and live fire, the camping and trekking. I try to cover off on a little bit of everything. And, of course, barbecue. Do you think that Dutch oven cooking is a little overlooked as far as the whole live fire aspect? I mean, I think when I talk to people that have a passion or an interest in it, it's kind of consuming for them, like the barbecue people really dig into it. But I don't know if I know that many people that will sit there and readily talk and admit that they're big Dutch oven people. I mean, not admit like, you know, they're they're sad about it or anything but i just doesn't seem to be as as off the tongue as barbecue or grilling is yeah it's definitely a a little bit 
more uh, regional, can I say that? So if you go down the Utah, Montana, sort of that strip down into Texas, there's definitely people there who are as passionate about Dutch oven um, as we are all about barbecue. But we're seeing a lot more overlap as well. Like uh, I've seen a lot of the Dutch oven guys move into barbecue, but also the barbecue guys are genuinely interested in the Dutch oven. Uh, it's just maybe they're not uh, got the knowledge yet or they found that right person to sort of do a lot of it if that makes sense it's more something they do on the side or when they go camping saffron hodgson joining me here on the show um saffron um is that a family name i mean that's like one of the most expensive spices to cook with so i mean it's only fitting that i guess you would have that first name with your passion that you have followed right uh yeah it was just a, a lucky coincidence uh, my dad's from the uk apparently it's it's a quite a common name there uh that's what he tells me but uh i, I still haven't met very many saffrons around prior to taking the executive director's position at nbbqa did you have prior dealings with the organization or were you affiliated with them in any way um, I was a member for uh, about three years, I think, and I'd attended some of their conferences. So I was generally uh, had a pretty good understanding of what they were doing um, and what they were trying to achieve. So how do you get the director's position? Is that something where a board has some type of a quorum and you're brought up and voted on? Do you apply for the position? Uh, they uh, do like a survivor and you were the last one on the island, so you get it. What's the deal there? <laughs> I, I wish it was a survivor and I was the last one on the island. That sounds like a great way to pick an executive director. Right, but uh, right. no, it, it was the traditional way. I sent in my resume. It, it went into the board. They reviewed, uh, made the decision. I, ne I never sort of doubled back and went, hey, how did you pick me? I was just super excited to get the role. So from a executive director's position and then you look at the rest of the uh, positions within NBBQA, I mean, there is a president of the NBBQA, your executive director. Like, how do those positions uh, both differ and, and how do you work, I guess, in concert with uh, the rest of the folks that are on the board? Uh, yeah, so the, the board's obviously all voted in and they've been around for a while. So Mark Lambert's our current president. And uh, they run just pretty much like any other board anywhere else that you'd find. Uh, the board makes all the decisions. Um, obviously, as executive director, I don't get a vote. I'm, I sort of like to think of it more as like a glorified, very proactive secretary. Uh, so they, they have decisions. I help in, implement them. I provide uh, advice. I research as directed by them. And, and together, it's, it's a big team right now, and we're, we're working towards a whole bunch of goals and uh, just building the association, providing value for our members. So is the president the one that would be termed the big vision guy or gal, or is that more you? Um, I would say it's a collective. I mean, so far my experience is well, someone will bring an idea to the table, we'll talk about it, we'll talk about the pros and cons and whether that's something we can do right now. Um, and then uh, they'll champion that idea all the way through and I'll just help make sure that they have the, the support, the logistical support to make that happen. So uh, I don't think there's a single person when it comes to this. And, you know, and even general members of the association can bring up ideas and, and we can follow through on those as well. Saffron Hodgson joining me here on the show, Executive Director of the National Barbecue and Grilling Association website, by the way, nbbqa.org and bushcooking.com if you want to check that out too. What's the state of the NBBQA, I guess, directly after Stuart left like, and, and you're kind of picking up where he left off? 
Um, yes, Stuart had been around for quite a while yeah. and, and he was bringing the association up. They had a lot of projects in, uh, in different stages uh, and I guess I was lucky enough to tag off from him and I'm taking it to the next step uh, to, to sort of make some of those come to the end uh, and picked up some new projects as well and then eventually I will tag on to the next person and we'll just keep growing and developing uh, as the industry needs us. So was Stuart under some type of a contract and it was just up and like kind of a mutual thing where he wasn't interested in renewing or something like that or was there just a, a differing, an ultimate differing of opinion and... There was a departure of ways, and that left an opening. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I just knew that there was a job opening, and it was my chance. Uh, he certainly did a great job handing over to me all the projects. He's still got a huge passion for barbecue. I know he spends a lot of time with people in barbecue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish there was more of a fun story, but that's about it at the moment. So from a vision standpoint and a directionality standpoint, Yep. How is it between all of the the collectives as you were talking about? Like, what's the the vision and the way to steer the ship right now as the MBBQA is concerned? So, uh, as I see it, and I'm interpret- interpreting it from the board uh, at the moment, with a real focus on our members and making sure our members are getting the value that they need from the membership. Uh, remembering that the way this is registered, it, it is sort of a, a trade association slash professional membership. So the members that we have are in the industry of barbecue somewhere and obviously the industry of barbecue is huge we've got people that make products we have people that run restaurants we have people that are selling barbecue there's lots of sauces and rubs and obviously now uh talking to you as a member as well there's a lot more people in the the marketing and communications and podcasting industries so there's a lot there is there a misconception or reality that mbbqa isn't for a backyard warrior person you know somebody that just likes to fire it up on the weekend maybe not a competitor doesn't own a restaurant or is you know uh, uh, pitching a, a wear service or product that's related to the industry um, is it is it more of a trade or is it open to any and all um, it is open to any and all, but I, I like to think of the enthusiast backyard member as a uh, potential entrepreneur, somebody who is uh, emerging into the industry perhaps. So if you look at all, almost all the members across MBBQA and all the successful people in the barbecue industry, I mean, we all start off as a backyard warrior or a competitor. So I guess that if you're going to come into the MBBQA from that sort of background, generally they're wanting a little bit more. Um, it also is a good way for those type of people, if they're really, really passionate, to get an access level to professionals in the industry that you might not otherwise get to get the opportunity to do. So although, like, we take our conference, for example, we, we've got, like, a massive educational section to it. So we're about educating our people and helping all of our, the businesses that are members to grow. We also have that public day, which is definitely more open to, to anyone off the street where we can showcase to the general public what our association members are doing and cooking and capable of and products and that type of thing. So there, there is something a little bit there for everybody, but it's it, to me, I would say the focus is more pe- towards people in the industry. So if I am somebody in the industry and I've been on the teetering edge of joining whatever level of membership the MBBQA offers currently, like what's yep. the what's the sell to me? What's the benefit? Is it having the access to those professionals or, or getting that education at a conference like that once a year, or is there more to that? 
Oh, there's definitely more to the association, but uh, the primary areas are the networking opportunities. So definitely in person at the conference is, is a key thing that most people who are members uh, will recall. But during the year, we also have the special interest groups. So instead of having um, all this barbecue information you don't necessarily need. If you're a restaurateur, you can join the culinary special interest group and then you're networking and talking to people just in that industry. Um, and it's also like a sounding board where you can get information that you might not otherwise have. So recently I ran an, an event, Grill Fest in Seattle. We brought the first state cook-off association there, people I met through the MBBQA. As part of that, I decided to get a food truck. I'd never done that before. I went on to what's now the culinary group. I was like, ah, help, I need a food truck. Can anyone help me? Within the hour, I had three members from the MBBQA contact me. They helped me uh, negotiate and talk and take into account what I needed to do. Uh, so there's resources there all year round. Uh, you just sort of got to ask for them. If you join the MBBQA and you sort of just cross your arms and you sit back and you wait for barbecue to happen to you, that's it's not going to work. It's a two-way street. You've got to get in there. You've got to ask. You've got to network. You've got to provide answers to people and then people provide answers to you. Has it been around for like, is it 25 years or something like that? I know it's been around a long time. I haven't really been looking backwards. I'm just looking forwards. But yeah, it's definitely been around for a long time. All right. So the membership numbers would seem to say that there isn't a lot of growth happening year over year. So is it incorrect to think that MBBQA should have like tens of thousands of members given the amount of time that it has had? Or is it more representative of the industry that it's taking into account? I think it, you definitely have to take an industry perspective on it. Um, and the numbers can be a little bit misleading as well because we have a lot of businesses that have a single membership, but might, there might be like two or three or sometimes even 50 people that sit behind that single membership. Um, so because it's a business-orientated membership as well as individual memberships, it's, it's hard to see what the true impact is. But I think it, it's, it is a good number um, at the moment. I think there's definitely uh, room for growth. And if anyone's been listening to me out there, I've been saying that my personal goal is to double that in 12 months. And I don't see that as a stretch. But associations like this are only ever going to be as good as the import and the way people interact with them and make them work, if that, if that sort of makes sense. Do you find that the members are available and willing to give feedback? I think there is a perception, at least, of the barbecue and grilling industry that everybody loves to take a shit on everything and nobody wants to really be proactive and offer solutions to things that they don't like. I have to say, from my personal experience, um, over the last few months, everybody I've reached out to for help or assistance, advice, um, even uh, physical logistics, having just done the conference recently, um, everyone is definitely willing to help and uh, provide insight. And if they can't help, then they'll put me on to somebody else who can help, who's who's got the skill set that we're looking for. All right, so let's talk price points and memberships and all that stuff uh, for the folks okay. that are listening here tonight or that obviously get it on podcast after the fact. What available memberships are there and what's the cost? Okay, so uh, the, the membership restructure ha has just rolled through. So this is something that Stuart was working on uh, and, and handed over to me. And uh, he did a pretty good job. So it's, it's much easier now. So you can go in and the first question you have to ask is, am I an individual or am I a business? If you're an individual, you then have the choice of going in as an enthusiast. So sort of 
I like to sort of think of it more as an emerging professional. And then the other level is a professional. So you're already in the industry, you're working in the industry and you're looking for the business side of things. So the enthusiast is uh, from memory 75, 99 uh, it's low it's under 100 and the professional membership which is the main one at the moment which we're f i'm finding a lot of interest in is the 175 and that one gives you access to the sigs that you're looking in into then if you're a business you can go just straight in as a business which is 500 that gives you uh, more b membership benefits and you get a couple of people under that uh, they get all the benefits and then others that can see parts of it. And then we're moving up to the bigger business side as well. So that's more like your industry leaders. And uh, that's the four categories that we're running at the moment. So over the weekend, um, I saw that you were at the Ace Hardware show over at uh, McCormick in Chicago. And you were running a special 75 bucks off of the, the pro membership, yes. I think it was. Is that something that's was just for the weekend and you've missed out at this point or is that continuing oh, on no, for a certain you, street? You can absolutely still do that. That's running through to the 30th. So it's a two-week program uh, that we did in conjunction with the ACE, uh, who's one of our industry partners at the moment. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was to celebrate the show. We're looking at getting uh, a lot more people in as, as part of that because it's in everybody's interest to grow the association right now. All right, so if you're interested, head on over to nbbqa.org and pick whatever level you're interested in and sign up. In the meantime, I will thank Saffron Hodgson for joining me this evening, Executive Director of the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. Do we have dates marked down for next year's IMBBQ 2019 yet and a place where it'll oh, be yet? absolutely do. Okay. So it's starting on the 3rd of April, going through the 6th of April, and that's in Kansas City at the Marriott downtown. Uh, so as always, the first day will be bus tours and doing a lot of that side of things. Two days of education where we're ramping it up this year to make sure everyone leaves with a, at least 10 points. I'm looking for everyone to get 10 points of learning. If you have anything you want to learn, get in contact with me directly and we'll get that on the schedule. And then the last day is the public day, which is out the front on that huge, beautiful square out there and uh, lots of capacity and it'll be a wonderful barbecue bash day. Saffron, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. Thank you. There she is, the executive director of the barbecue, National Barbecue and Grilling All Association. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills Hotline. Saffron Hodgson. Mm -mm -mm. Good first time yeah, visit. Man. That was fun. Have her on again here to uh, talk about any new business that will be coming up, obviously. And I'm interested to see what kind of membership they're going to be able to pull off here over the next handful of weeks and months. So she wants to double membership. I don't know where membership is, to be honest. But looking to double that number inside 12 months. So we'll see how that goes. I'll talk to you quickly about Traeger Grills. That's right behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill, a Traeger Grill. And the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood-fired taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger Grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traegers can handle it all. The Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check your cooks, kick up the temps, set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all through your Traeger Grill app. Easy. Find one at your local Traeger dealer or check them out online, TraegerGrills.com. 
Want to beef up your barbecue game? Traeger Shop Class is going coast to coast, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by professional pit masters. You'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you and sign up today. TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. All right, we are back to talk about barbecue competitions. Where are they going? Carl McBee will join me coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Folks, the National Barbecue News is dedicated to all things barbecue. Their goal to introduce new people to the barbecue world while keeping the barbecue enthusiasts and professional informed on all the current happenings in and around Barbecue Nation. They obtain this goal by offering timely news stories, new product reviews, barbecue event calendars, unique recipes inside their printed products, websites, social media pages, and email newsletters. Subscribe now by visiting Barbecue News. That's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, barbecuenews.com. That's barbecuenews.com. All right, are you a competitive barbecue cook? Have you been noticing that competitions have shown up as canceled more this year than years past? Maybe it's really a thing, at least my next guest would like to weigh in on this topic and give his viewpoint. And as I always say, I'm here to provide an unbiased platform for those who wish to express their views and opinions with that being said, let's head to the Traeger Grill hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, a barbecue competition event organizer, Carl McBee joins me here on the show. Carl, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Carl. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening. So I guess before we get into the uh, the topic of kind of the state of competition barbecue in your estimation, a little background about you, your uh, ways of getting into live fire barbecue and grilling, and obviously uh, how that stems into the competitions. Sure. Uh, well, one thing before we get all fired up here, yep. uh, one thing I would like to point out, uh, at the beginning of the show, you said I was uh, uh, from Ohio. Actually, I'm uh, in Chillicothe, Missouri. Oh, really? I'm a... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about it. ninety miles from Kansas City. <laughs> I'm about ninety miles from Kansas City, Missouri. And well, so, you talk to uh, an Ohio a, guy, uh, you see Chili Coffee uh, on the yeah. website, and all you think about is Chili Coffee, Ohio. So I, I apologize uh, for that. Yep, and uh, and ironically enough, we have a prison <laughs> in this town just like they do in Chili Coffee, Ohio. <laughs> really? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, so anyway, just a real quick thing about me. Um, probably. About oh four, oh five ish, somewhere back in there. I competed in a few barbecue contests with a few uh, college buddies of mine. Had a good time, and then uh, marriage and kids and everything kind of took precedent over barbecue. And so, as the kids got older, here about though probably three or four years ago, I kind of got dipped my toes back in the water. Went out to a few more contests, did a few on my own, um, did a few big ones on my own with a few friends of mine and then um what friend and i was sitting around one night and uh we was like hey we ought to do a contest in our town here and i was like well i was like i know it's been tried years ago and and i i have a little bit of experience with organizing big events and that sort of promotions and stuff and so i was like well 
all right, I was like, if you guys help me, um, we'll put it together. So we put it together, and the first one was last year in this town. And um, pretty, uh, we had it in a uh, city park in the town that I live in. Uh, started out the first year with 32 teams, and uh, we was pretty much maxed out at 32, and we had six teams on a waiting list wow. um, just because we was just out of room. And uh, out of those teams um, – we had so I'd say probably four or five that was in the that ended up in the top ten points of the year last year on the KCBS standings. I mean, we had I'm not going to sit there and drop names, but we had several. several You're allowed uh, to drop names. Well, I know them all. I have them on the show. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we had uh, we had Shake and Bake here last year. Yeah. Uh, Fergalicious. I can't. My mind's going blank on the the grand champion was a team called Smoke This Missouri hmm. uh, Reserve Grand. My mind is going blank on what his name is. I can picture him. He lives <laughs> out in Oklahoma. But uh, was it anyway, Dave? Was it so Dave Bosca from we, Butcher Barbecue? No. Oh, American Dream. Oh, okay. Dave Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Friend Dave of show. There you go. Friend yeah, of show. Yeah, he, he was. He was a Reserve Grand. Nice. And, um, yeah, big teams. So, uh, anyway, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And so we, we had a really good turnout. Uh, uh, teams were all happy. Um, KCBS reps were all happy. And so during that contest, some friends of mine in a town about 40 miles away from here got with me and they're like, hey, we want to do this in our town. Can you help us do this over here? And I was like, well, all right, I'll, I'll help you guys. And so that con, so this year it was, the one in my town and the one 40 miles away. So two separate events, uh, on the event in my town this year, unfortunately we had to cancel it. Um, I've really yet to pinpoint exactly what the reason was for that. Um, it was the weekend before the 4th of July. That's the weekend that we chose last year, beginning of last year, because in this area, there was nothing going on that weekend. So we was like, Let's, it works for the city. It works for us. Let's go with this weekend. Um, so everything worked out good. Well, this year rolled around. And I was noticing that team entries were kind of rolling in slow. And so I got to talking to some of the teams and, um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And then they saying, well, we're going to this other contest that is about a hundred and, uh, I didn't look exactly, but 130 roughly away from here. And, uh, so I got looking and well, they had moved their contest to the same weekend as our contest up here. And I was like, Ugh. so that took away a lot of the teams. And so it kind of, and we had, uh, several, the teams that were signed up were here from last year and a lot of them were chasing points. And so it kind of came down where I was seeing that it wasn't going to be viable. So I told everybody, we're just going to pull the plug on this one. Um, but the other one that I do, um, went over spectacular this year hmm. and we're going to do it again next year also. And then since that, um, <laughs> another group of friends of mine, we decided I can't make too many announcements yet on it. I was hoping it was all going to be done and I, I'd really have some bigger information for you guys, but we're working on a contest in Kansas city for fall of next year, Kansas city area. 
Carl, are um, we talking about the, uh, uh, the the attrition of barbecue competitions or how you are single-handedly keeping well, barbecue competitions this, this, alive? No, no, what no, the no. hell are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just kind of giving a brief background. No, on, I get it. I'm just playing. On where, where, so, yeah. Um, so, in talking with all this, I've, I've helped some other... Uh, now, how I got started on the organizing part of it was, well, number one, I had some outstanding KCBS reps that I knew from years ago and whenever i got into it on the organizing side i told everybody it's like well i'm not going to do it unless i can work with these two people because they the teams seem to respect this couple and and i knew how things would go so i i kind of picked their brain they kind of picked mine and what i did is i went around to about uh, roughly six different contests before i planned ours to get some ideas on what to do, what's working, what's not working. And so just in that process, I've met several of us organizers around the Missouri area, Iowa area, Kansas area, Illinois area. And so we, we all talk and, uh, and kind of, and just in our talking, we've noticed that we're and just comparing notes that it seems like some of these contests are coming and going. You have some peaks, you have some valleys, mm-hmm. Even some of the contests that's been around for years and years are kind of struggling now to get teams. And so we don't know if, and I, I haven't really ran the numbers on it. I mean, the only way I could uh, do it is if I looked at the KCBS website, seen how many team or contests were actually uh, planned and canceled. Um, I imagine it's in the double digits pretty easily, but the thing we're noticing is, and it's the same reason why I try to keep the contests that I'm associated with simple and cheap is that it's expensive on the teams to do this. Um, I know that just from the few that I compete in a given year, uh, if you want to, uh, it's nothing to spend a thousand dollars easily on a weekend. So, so what we do is a $175 entry free, uh, free power, free ice, free water. I mean, we do everything for the teams and we appreciate the teams. And, uh, but we start way before our contest going to other contests. Um, like I said, meeting the teams going out there, making ourselves known. And so, and just in that we've, we've noticed that some of the teams that's been around for a lot of years, aren't really doing the big schedule like what they used to. Mm-hmm. They're only doing maybe three or four select contests in a given year. Um, and it almost seems like there's not enough new ones coming into it to fill that gap. But have the new that ones... That part of what's... Are new ones not coming in because you're also seeing an increase of competitions that are falling off, so you do see less yeah, and and so we're we're trying to really figure out what exactly is it is it I don't personally I don't think barbecue has peaked and it's on the downhill side of it. I think it's going going up if not steady. And so what we started doing this year was trying to get new teams into it. Now we may be uh, doing it right, doing it wrong, but uh, I we had a our contest in Cameron, Missouri. Um, we had a back, all of our contests have backyard elements to them, and our backyard side at the Cameron contest. Um, I probably can't say the name of one of the sponsors, but we had a meat sponsor who sponsors a lot of the big competition teams around here. That said, uh, 
for anybody who signs up for the backyard contest will get two two pork butts, 16 chicken thighs, and four racks of ribs, mm. all for a $125 entry fee. Wow. So, and on top of that, this guy even said that he he wouldn't, he's not going to compete in the contest, but he would come down and he would help the backyard guys and mentor them and teach them how to do it. So we do things like that to try to get the backyard teams in there and then try to get them enthused a little bit to convert them over into big teams for the following years. Um, but as far as why contests are dropping off, and probably the six people that I talk to on a regular basis, we can't really – there's really no definitive one answer as to what's going on because there's really – there's so many variables in different cities and areas and everything like that. Uh, the one thing that I have heard pretty constantly is uh, the KCBS rule of, a, I believe it's a 160-mile mm. radius. Yeah, that was going to be um, my question. Is, is there yeah. like an overlap of you know too many contests in too confined of an area? Well, and I think that's part of it, um, but... I think that one blanket rule for KCBS, it, it's probably means well, but in the, the scheme of things and law of unintended consequences, it probably works well in some parts of the country and in some parts of the country it don't. So, I mean, if you're in the middle of Wyoming, let's say, and doing a barbecue contest, uh, what's a 400-mile exemption? Mm -hmm. But if you're up here in Missouri, I mean, I'm 90 miles from Kansas City, and there's an awful lot of barbecue teams oh, yeah. in Kansas City. <clears throat> So um, whenever I have another contest 140 away from me, there's, it's kind of splitting the, con the teams that are coming to one or the other. And so you got that aspect of it going on. But then I think the other thing, and I can't, once again, I can't really make up my mind definitively on this, is you have some teams that are uh, turn, uh, team of the year points chasers. And that's, uh, I think they're outstanding for doing that and then hitting as many contests as they do in a given year. But then there's an awful lot of teams who it's just a weekend with the buddies. Mm -hmm. um, they don't really care about points. They're just out there having a good time. Just hobby. Um, yeah, it's a hobby. And, and and quite honestly, whenever I do a contest, that's what I am. I'm, I don't care about points. I mean, if I get my name called, that's outstanding. But um you know, we're not, we're not going for team to your points. Mm -hmm. So, um, now they, these are just ideas. I mean, and, and this is just as what's been talked amongst us organizers is we've often thought about how hard it would be to, let's say, divvy up the, the United States, let's, let's say in like six different regions and kind of having a circuit for each individual region for the teams to go to that are chasing team of the year points. And instead of teams based in Missouri having to go to uh, California or Washington or something like that. So kind of like have a circuit and then your established contest, that is your weekend. Um, nobody can come on that. And if, a, if another contest wants to come in on that weekend, you can, but you got to understand it's not going to be a points type thing. And you're going to be getting more of those teams that are just out on the weekend, just having a good time. Mm -hmm. now, now that's just an idea that's been floated out there. Um, I can see the pros and cons to everything, but 
I I was at the KCBS banquet back in uh, December, I believe, yep. and uh, sat around at a round table with them, and uh, they kind of lightly hit on the subject. Um, but once again, nobody really has any good answers as to why. Because some of these contests, let's face reality, it could be the organizer's fault, could be the, the organization behind the organizer. Sure. Um, so there's, there's a lot of variables, especially in some of these towns where you're dealing with the chambers of commerce and, uh, lions clubs and et cetera. Um, I know me and, and the, the, the people that I talk to on a frequent basis, um, I don't take a dime from any contests that I'm associated with all mine are for all for charity at various charities in each individual town. I don't make a dime from it. So it don't bother me either way, but in, at the end of the day, I like to be able to donate a pretty good sizable check to that charity. So that's the reason why um, something's going to have to happen one of these days, but I just don't know what that good answer is. And so I know some of us have had a, a Facebook discussion going on about this and just throwing out ideas about it. And then and I've even personally been at the KCBS office face-to-face talking with them about it. And uh, they're open to ideas, and I know the board is. I've even spoken to a person on the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it, all these things just start out in ideas. But I don't know. What, I don't know what a good answer is, I should say. Uh, Carl McBee is doing events right there in Chillicothe. Uh, by the way, not Ohio. <laughs> Missouri, and the website ChillicotheBBQ.net, that uh, gives all the information on the events that you're running there, Carl? Uh, yeah, as of right now, that one does. We have a new, uh, that website is the old one. We have a new one coming up here within probably about a week or two that it's completely redesigned and looks better than circa late 1990s <laughs> web design. Uh, will that be the same, um, <laughs> uh, the same address, though? <laughs> Uh, yeah, same address, okay. uh, but it's 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 going to be kind of a landing page for all of our contests and everything. Sounds good. Uh, Carl, so. appreciate your insight this evening and uh, certainly things to consider. We'll see how it goes from here and uh, whether attrition continues or uh, we start to hit on the upside again. Uh, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. All right. No problem. There he is. Carl McBee. John, I think he's coming back to you, believe it or not. I think he might have did that right. All right. Oh, no. All there guests appear via the Traeger yeah, Grills like hotline. Might have, might have did that right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Thanks again to Carl for coming out. Yummy. Now, I do often wonder, like, where the line of what's too close. Because there is, I don't know what the rule is, but I know there is a rule in place that if you have a contest on a weekend, you got to be X amount off or X amount X amount of miles away from whatever the nearest contest is on the same weekend. I want to talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention, folks, in the business of barbecue, okay? Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. We offer premium Central Texas barbecue products. Products. Close smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. Easy stuff. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility. A trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available. Shipping nationwide via the FedEx. 
Food service distribution via Cisco U.S. Foods and Martin Foods. Co-packaging available from R&D to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new for your menu or place of business. Private labeling opportunities also available. Not familiar with that? Very simple. Let's say you really like Southside Market and Barbecue's beef sausage or their sausage slammers, and you have a food truck or a restaurant. You want to take those exact products but put your labels on them. That's called private labeling, and they do it. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information. Here's the best. 10% off code for online orders. That's the code BBQ Central, one word, lowercase, at checkout. When you order stuff from Southside Market on the website, southsidemarket.com. Again, 10% off online orders with coupon code BBQ Central, one word. Let's wrap up the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we are back. Let me go to John here and see if I did it right. John, did I get you? You got me. Did you get him back? I got him back. Oh, it works! Very impatient, uh, Brett Galloway, and at the at the nine thirty five segment, he just hung up. I could see it as I was reaching the forward button. And he's like, "I'm, I gotta go." That's all right. But, he's a busy guy. He's I, running hey, thousands and thousands of cookoffs a day. Hundred and eighty teams for a state cookoff championship. That's a lot World of steak. Thirty international teams. Two. Okay. Oh, okay. Am I gonna do hundred and eighty teams? Okay. And then two steaks per team. Yes. One eighty. 100. Let's put, that's 360 put stakes. Let's put a little buffer in there. Why Mid- don't you throw 10% for safety? Oh, God. Okay. 360 <laughs> stakes. 10%? Just say. So what, one, right? He's going to have an that's, increase. That's 36 stakes, right? So yep, that's four. Uh, three, 360. And 36. That's three. 96 stakes. Wow. That's a good budget estimate. It's a lot. All right. Hey, thanks for uh, screening again this week, John. It's all right, man. I'm Half calls, almost three calls, right? I think your call almost. inspired Stephen Reichland to call in on Skype instead of waiting for me to not do it right. I don't know what happened there. Well, we were ready. I did call yeah. Stephen Reichland, and nice. he answered the phone. Oh, even better. <laughs> You're welcome, yeah. John. Life mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Sell my clothes. I'm going to heaven. There you go. Thank you, John. John in Michigan, everybody. All right, let's go ahead and make tracks out of here. All the way back to the first hour was Stephen Reichland, BarbecueBible.com. The Brisket Chronicles are in review and should be out like May-ish of next year. Then we talked with Brett Galloway, State Cook-Off Association. StayCookoffs.com. He's here roughly once a month or so. 180 teams. The big event, by the way, going down October 4th through the 7th. I believe those are the dates. Second hour, Saffron Hodgson, the executive director, National Barbecue and Grilling Association, also creator of Bush Cooking. 
bushcooking.com, her website. And closing it out, Carl McBee, chillacoffeebbq.net. New webpage coming in the next week or so. Big show planned for you next week, as always, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American first saying, And secondly, saying good night now.